Rockide Insurance. My cousin Hal owns the insurance company, all your insurance needs in Galveston, Texas. And he is sponsoring his son's t-ball team. So he sent me a picture. I go, can I use it today? He goes, use it. I am. He sent me a video of, of little H, 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 H dog, H man, H the king of all kings of Galveston. Well, he did make contact and got to first base. It was kind of cool. They're playing on a turf field, it looks like, which is which is a hypocrisy to me. It's just, what, anathema? Is that the word I'm looking for? I, I'm not a fan of the turf, and I feel like these are young kids. We have to keep their bodies strong, and I feel like turf isn't the best answer. But he's playing ball, so Hal is not coaching H-Dog's team, but he is coaching uh, W-Man, Wilder's team is playing in a league where it is coach pitching, which we never had. I remember T-ball. Did I play T-ball? I, do, I remember just playing baseball. And we used to pitch. And the games were everybody got, you got nine players up an inning. That's the most you could have. And every inning seemed like it went nine batters. And there was one team that always could get three outs in an inning, which, I mean, he was drilling those kids. But most of the kids couldn't get any outs. I remember one time in a championship game, I once caught two balls in the outfield. And I saved the game. I think the I never had home run in Little League. I tripped at second base. I think one game I went six for six. And uh, I was not a very good baseball player. I think one year I considered it hits when I got a foul tip. I actually hit a ball. And I was crying when I ran the first. They made fun of me. And my father was crying. because, I, And I considered that a hit when I got like two foul balls that season. And the kids I played with were just a lot better athletes than I was. I was not a great athlete. That's why, I, you know, lifting and stuff like that, running where I could just compete against myself. But... You know, organized sports, not the best. I, you know, played rugby, but they drank too much. Uh, soccer, I played like football. You know, I didn't pick the right sports growing up. Lacrosse might have been a good sport for me because I could hit people. Hockey. As a kid, hockey would have been the sport for me. Give me a stick, let me go and bash into people. That would have been, that would have been a good choice for me. Now, I saw last night, Clay Thompson set a record for the most points without making a two-point basket. He went 12 for... 12 for 19 overall, 12 for 17 from three, 42 points, plus 32 on the court last night, and they beat the Rockets. He 42 points, 12 three-pointers. He has now three career games of 12 plus three-pointers made at a game to this season. That's that. Now, he broke the record. Curry had two in his career. He's had two this season like that, and uh, he gets hot, and you get Curry back. Anything is possible going forward for them, but... 12 three-pointers last night and no two-pointers. So he passed Dumars, who had 40 in a game without hitting a two-pointer. Unbelievable. I mean, uh, I mean, we had games last night. 176, 175. The Clippers lost in double overtime to the Kings, which was the second highest scoring game of all time. There was a Nuggets game where they had like 186, I remember. But but I never and you know I went to bed, man. I had to work this morning. But I woke up, and Westbrook in his debut with the Clippers had 17 points, 14 assists, and sat out the second overtime because he had already played too many minutes. You had Monk off the bench who had 45. You had Fox who had 40 something. Wait, yeah, I have the stats here. So, I mean, you, you, you got to, it, it was one of those games where you're like, did this really happen? 176, 175. I mean, I mean, the scoreboard's even crazy. So last night, Sabonis had 20 points, 10 rebounds. Every starter had double figures, but 
Fox had 42 to, uh, and he played 45 minutes. Monk had 41 off the bench. He, he had 15 at 24, six at 12 from three. And I mean, so you have two guys with 40 points on the, on the, on the Kings and the Kings were down 14 with like four and a half minutes left. So you thought the game was over. They go on a run. They send it to overtime. They send it to a second overtime and George has 34. Leonard has 30. George has 34. Leonard has 44. And Powell has 24 of the bench. But Tom uh, has 19. I mean, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys in double figures for the the uh, the Clippers. And the the Kings had five and had six. So the the, the, the Clippers are 33 and 29. The Kings are 34 and 25. I mean, the West is very tight. I mean, well, you have you have Denver who's 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 leading the, the conference, but you know, I mean, it's really tight. And I mean, even the Lakers aren't all the way out of it yet, but 176, 175 and double double overtime last night. That's like that's like all-star game. I mean, we're talking a lot of defense being played right now in basketball. The Knicks are now 18 and 12 on the road, which is the second best record in the NBA on the road. Johnny Bryant, you know, told Julius Randle that this year he was going to shoot more threes. 14 yesterday. Well, like he didn't let the all-star game three-point contest affect him at all. He scores Ty Carrero at 46. He's 16 for 29 last night, 7 for 14 from three. And it was, was 100% from the foul line, 7 for 7. They are now 6 in the East, the Knicks, 34 and 27. They're a game behind the Nets, who, when I put it on in the third quarter, we got home from Little Italy last night. Mark and Amy, Ari, Ari said he's going to be in a show. Sam, we talked about Florida State. I said, Sam, Florida State, I agree with you. They could go on a run. They could win the Natty this year. It could happen. I'd like to get her on to talk a little Florida State. Might happen in the future, but Ari is very excited. Spitting Checklets, the podcast said... 99% chance that the Rangers get Patrick Kane. We'll see if that happens. And that's what Ari told me last night that the, you know, he's been so good. They've won a bunch of Stanley Cup championships with two or th- I think three, the Blackhawks, and that they would love to appease him, kind of like that uh, the Blues did with who's the, the Russian guy whose name I'm going to butcher right now, the uh, Tara, Tara, oh man, uh, Blues to Rangers trade, Blues. Rangers trade. They got, uh, yeah, Vladimir Tarasenko. And that's what the Blues already said. They were trying to do with Tarasenko. They were trying to get him appease him. You know, he'd won a cup. He'd been there his whole career there. So the same thing with Kane. They could have got more for Tarasenko. But Tarasenko said the only team I want to go to is the Rangers. So the Rangers held the cards. Same thing with Kane. Maybe Kane says, I think Kane wants to go. And he says that's better if he goes into comes to the Rangers, they can move uh, uh, VC to a fourth line where, you know, he's playing he's playing a lot of minutes and not scoring a lot, and you could put Kane on the line, a scoring line, and move him to a fourth line, which will make some of the other depth, make the other lines for the Rangers better. So that's what he said. VC would go and play on another line and, and immediately improve their fortunes going forward. So that's, that's what I got. And he said he wants to come on. I said, let's talk. And, you know, we could talk Maryland basketball. He went, to, he went to Maryland, big Maryland fan. We were talking about the UNC hockey jersey where how many times would you wear it, but it's so cool looking. And he said there was a time he was going to get a Orioles that had the Maryland flag on it, but then 
He goes, the chant that, and it, it wasn't a cheap, it was like 200 bucks, he said. He couldn't, he couldn't make the, he, he couldn't find a logical reason to, imp, to not make an impulse buy on it because the chances he would wear it would be very few. You know, we all buy jerseys we never wear, but it is a UNC jersey. I went to the alma mater, so that's the only reason why I would get it. But right now, I might keep that for the future and as a birthday present. That's what I'm going to maybe talk to Michigan about for future birthday present. Because then I feel like, oh, that's something I want. That's a, that's, that's a, that's not a, what, what's the word I use for it? A practical, I don't like practical gifts. So I'd want something else. So the Knicks are now a game behind the Nets, who I was talking about before I went off on a tangent. They were down in the third quarter. They were down, I think it was 60, it was at 76, like 39. I mean, it was the third quarter and the, 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 the Nets only had like 39 points and they really stunk it up. Actually, at the end of three quarters, the Nets were behind 97-51. 97-50. I think they, and they only had like 29 points in the first half. They scored 34 in the fourth, I'm, yeah, 36 in the fourth quarter, which they, they beat the Bulls that quarter by two to lose 131-87, which was the fourth largest margin of defeat in NBA in their franchise history as an NBA franchise, points in the paint, Brooklyn 22, Chicago 62. Beverly, first game with the Bulls, eight points, five rebounds, four assists. Camp Thomas led with 22, but they said that they want to see Camp Thomas can get his own shot, but they want to see more things from him besides scoring. Well, they need scoring right now. I guess it means they wanted to play defense, but, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't get blown out. In the NBA, you can't, and they, and they just got blown out recently by the Celtics by over 40 points. I think it was 43. And, you know, that's two 40-point losses recently. And and the problem also is Ben Simmons did not play knee, knee issues, and he's going to sit out their game Sunday at Atlanta. You know, so he's already, you know, here last season the back, this season the knee. I mean, you know, he doesn't, not even playing for them, not even contributing. And they're only a game ahead of the Knicks for the fifth spot. So the Knicks are going up. The Nets are going down. Uh, we're going to see what happens on, uh, you know, on on that, on that front. Brunson had 13 points, nine assists, but six for 20. And in his first game since January 19th, Mitch Robinson, 10 points, 12 rebounds. That's a big plus. Porzingis had 19 of his 23 in the first quarter. Randall had 12 in the first, but 46 for Randall. Randall is playing out of his mind and at, at a good time. Hey, made the All-Star game. This is all good for them. Yeah. And the, yeah, the Nets, oof, that was ugly. 34 and 25 now. Saclafine led the Bulls with 32. Cam Thomas had 22, but that was ugly. And they had the first five games since the trade. So Kyrie's only two and three with the Mavs. And Dorian and and Dinwiddie are two and three with the Nets. But Kyrie has outscored Dorian, Finney, and uh, Dinwiddie by 136 to 100 points. Rebounds, well, you expect more. 51 to... 20 for the, the, the pair compared to Kyrie. Assists, 34-31, they're pretty much tied. And both have six steals. But Kyrie is averaging 27 points, four rebounds, seven assists right now. But, you know, it's not leading to wins. But, okay, they're comparing the two. But Kyrie's Kyrie. And you're not going to... Dinwiddie and Dorian are not, you know, scoring machines. And Andre Drummond for the last night for the Bulls... First player in NBA history to record three double-doubles in less than 15 minutes played in each 
game in a season. So he's had three double-doubles in less than 15 minutes in three games this season. Tied for most such double-doubles in NBA history. Mike Jaminski did that three times. He's done it three times this season. He's had a double-double in less than 15 minutes of playing time, Andre Drummond. And everything I, every time I hear Andre Drummond, I think of Mr. Drummond from from uh, Different Strokes. That's all I think of. Different Strokes rules the world. Different Strokes. Different Strokes rules the world. Yeah, that's what I always think of when I hear that. All the time. It just, that's always pops in my head. Yeah, Different Strokes. And Bucks got their 13th straight, ninth straight at home. They haven't lost. They haven't, last loss was January 21st versus the Cavs. Last home loss was January 6th. They won 128-99 over the Heat, who played like shit. They're 32-28, the Heat. The the Bucks improved the 42 and 17. But in the first quarter, Giannis went out, hit knee to knee, and went right off. And he was, you know, he didn't miss a game from hurting his wrist, playing the All-Star game and everything. But he could be out for a little bit. They don't think it's anything serious. He's going to get an MRI. But 13 straight, 9 straight at home. And the, they have 23 games left. And they only play Boston one more time. March 30th at home. So we'll see how that works out. The Hornets beat the T-Wolves. That's a bad loss. When an 18-win team beats a 31-win team, that's a bad loss. LaMelo, 32, 10 points, 8 assists, 2 steals. Anthony Edwards, 29 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, and 3 blocks. You have to beat. You have to beat. I mean, LaMelo Ball's a hell of a player, but you, you have to win those games. Yeah, yeah, you have to. And the only players in NBA history with eight or more seasons of 200 plus three pointers, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. That's it. That is it. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. And I mean, look at all these teams. Okay. So T Wolves lost to 31 and 31. You have, this is the East, though. The Heat are 32 and 28. The, the, the Warriors are 30 and 30. There's a lot of teams that are just 500. That's it. They're not like, Shock in the world. They're just like average, just average. That's it. And uh, Matt Nagy is back. He was originally the OC for the Chiefs, then went to the Bears. Now back was, I guess, was just a quarterback coach. He was, and then he, since Biennami left, he's now the offensive coordinator, a seamless transition. And Lanker sent me something. He said, there was a, someone put up a tweet. He said, someone told me Mahomes looks like Darlene from Roseanne, and now I can't, I can't, I can't unsee it. I, I just, and I said, really, Darlene? And then I looked at two of them. They do. They look like, they look like twins. So he looks like Darlene from Roseanne, which was, uh, what's her name? That's the sister of, from Little House on the Prairie, or the younger sister? Yeah. Who, who actually was very good on Big Bang Theory. Uh, and I'm blanking on her name. Uh, Gilbert, Gilbert, the Gilbert. I, I, I don't know. First name escapes me. Now, if the Rams trade Jalen Ramsey, they free up 5.6 million, leaving them 19.6 million of dead money. It's more of a move toward 2024. And I read a great article on the in the Athletic where they they said they're looking at a remodel, not a rebuild. It's a rebuild. I mean, they had 11 different offensive line. Uh, lineups during the season and in nine games uh, Matthew Stafford was what had uh, over a hundred pressures he gets knocked out for the season Darnold gets knocked out for the season they're bringing Allen Robinson but it really was Cooper Cup's offense Allen Robinson never got into a rhythm with 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 Stafford and what they signed him for three years like 45 million dollars so 
That didn't work well. Cam Akers, they basically sent him home, came back, and then ended the season with two 100-yard games. They basically, you know, they live off the energy of, of, of their head coach. And, and, when, his, and when, when they were losing and everything, he kind of went into a funk. They had the worst record ever of a Super Bowl champion, defending Super Bowl 5-12 this season. And at the end of the season, he just said, hey, you know what? What made you play football? What do you want to be when you grow up? You want to be a football player? Let's bring the, the, the fun back. And, you know, they, they had more fun at the end of the season, but they had a lot of mistakes. And he lost his, uh, he lost his, he lost his, his grandfather, who was one of the architects of the Niners teams, who was formerly with the Giants, went to the Niners. McKay, right? Isn't it McKay? I always, I always get names wrong, right? That's always, that's always my thing. I always get names wrong on, yeah, it was a very good article. Yeah, so this is what they said about McVeigh, McVay, not McKay, McVeigh. Yeah, that, that McVeigh let go of six coaches in January. He's referred to those who know him as a thermostat with energy capable of changing room. When he's high, he lifts, up play, lifts up everybody. When he's low, he drags them down. He kind of like withdrew from everybody, which wasn't good. And he realized how healthy, unhealthy it was to be emotionally hollowed out by his team's failure, but he couldn't stop his feeling. It scared him, had attached. He fell from everybody around him. He resented the circumstances he couldn't control. He resented needing control in the first place. So the first five years, since for five years since they lost 13-3 to the Pats in Super Bowl 53, he believed the only thing he needed to achieve happiness is win a championship by any means necessary. So he re- wins it. And when he did, he realized how much of himself either left behind or lost entirely to get there. It's a dry joke among some Rams executive that they rob McVay of normal life experiences and their ensuing lessons as a young adult. He won so much so quickly after being hired at age 30 in 2017, they built an ecosystem you know, to his detailed specifications because it functions at its best when he is at its best. And, but, you know, the thing was that it's not sustainable and it, it's, it made him very unhealthy, but he felt he was letting him down. But, it, you know, you know, the, McVeigh thought he could he manage it all and the Rams kept letting him do so. So they kept waiting until they didn't. And, and general manager Les Snead said, the guy has been basically running an 800 meter sprint every week since he got the job. At some point, Hampshire is going to get tight. Hampshire is going to get pulled. His grandfather, John, died in November, winner of five Super Bowls over two decades with the Niners front office. Uh, John McVeigh's professional excellence was often spoken in the same breath as the qualities his grandson almost also most admired, kindness, humanity, and empathy, even under intense pressure. You know, he, he's working with the grief over his grandfather, the wreckage of the season. Instead of continuing to be this person that you think everybody wants you to be, he wondered, how can you be the person that you are, which is still good enough and will also probably elevate the people around you so much more? You know, he had slogans and mantras around the facility and, you know, books he used to read when he had to, you know, it was on sports people, it was on military, it was on leadership, all that stuff. And they just became words to him, you know. And for real answers, he admitted he must keep looking inward, even if he doesn't like what he sees. And he has to to let other people in. He has to, you know, delegate. Because that you can't keep going at 100. You can't keep running a sprint all the time. You know, eventually you burn out. He said, how do I give myself and the other people I'm around more grace to know that it really is about having a more full heart? He said, and oh, by the way, let's go be great competitors and see what the hell happens. 
Yeah, you, you've taken, you know, that's what he said at the end. But, hey, I mean, 11 different combinations of offensive linemen in their first 11 games. You know, not good. Rob Havenstein, the captain, played through injuries the entire season through sheer desperation. Stafford was pressured 115 times in the nine games. That was the most ever through a nine-game stretch in the McVay era. The expected points added was bad from the start. 40% three-and-out rate was the worst of the McVay era. And week nine, they were up on the Bucs. They they, the defense only had nine points. They didn't get, they, they didn't, couldn't run out the clock. They score, uh, Brady scores a touchdown, drives him 60 yards in 35 seconds. And a lot, it caused a lot of, the defense was furious. So that happened. And then you have it, it, week nine, last second loss, second of six consecutive losses. Then you lost Stafford, entered a concussion protocol a few days later after being sacked four times and hit eight. Coop got a high Cooper Cup high ankle sprain. He's gone. Then you Stafford's first game back. He took a hit. Numbness in his leg. He's done. A. Sean Robinson started defensive tackle. Team's best run stuffer torn his meniscus in that same game. Allen Robinson fractured his foot. Season-ending surgery. Donald week twelve high ankle sprain. He's done for the year. I mean, just everything. Eleven different offensive lines in the first eleven games. I mean, you're not gonna you know everything that could go wrong went wrong. And the thing was they. They threw the bank right there. And, you know, now Jalen Ramsey could be gone. I mean, they gave up all these draft picks. They don't have any first-round draft, first round draft picks in this draft to, to the Lions, to the Lion. I mean, thank you know, Lions, hey, they got rid of Stafford. They got Jared Goff. Jared Goff is a good quarterback. They're not going to have to draft anybody. With that defense and with Hutchinson, they're only going to get better. I th- see the Lions as a team next year who really could make a jump. But, you know, sometimes things, you know, injuries – and before the season, they were always healthy to the Rams. This year, not so much. So I, I got to give props for that article to uh, Jordan Rodriguez. So I thought that was really interesting. I read that one. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with Ramsey. But Ramsey's probably gone. And he'll go somewhere else. And they'll get some draft picks for him, which is what they need. And DJ BNA, you know, I forgot about this. I was going to talk to Treetop. Jonas Gray played at... Notre Dame, 2012, undrafted. He was on the Dolphins, 2012, got injured, was injured, didn't play. Practice squad of the Ravens, 2013, 2014, goes to the Pats. He has 201 yards, four touchdowns on a Sunday night football game, never eclipses 70 yards afterwards, and is out of the NFL by 2015. 16 games, three starts, a total of 588 yards, rushing five touchdowns, eight catches, 83 yards. DJ Bianam, he he posted this, and I was like, that's the guy I want to talk. I want to get Jonas Gray on on the podcast, and I want to know what happened. I mean, I guess people have asked. I, I don't know if he wants to talk about it, but to go where have a two hundred yard game, and then you with Belichick, and basically you're out of the league the next year, and you're done. Now it could have been injuries, or maybe I, you know, maybe work ethic. I don't know, but but to not even get another chance to, to never work out again that 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 perplexes me. I was like, what happened there? So that's a guy I'd love to talk and hear about. And this is interesting. So Florida State AD Michael Alford said revenue, something has to change for the ACC. They will fall behind the SEC and Big Ten in revenue by about $30 million a year. Big Ten goes into the new TV contract with that 70 or $7 billion this season and next season SEC. And also they get Texas and Oklahoma. ACC is locked in until 2036. They distributed a record $578 million in the 20. 2020-21 fiscal year, where the SEC last year did $721.8 million 
in, in revenue. That's a lot more. And Alfred said, FSU contributes 15% of value in media rights, but only gets 7% of distribution as being one of the 14 full members. So they contribute 50% of out because of the better team. And especially this coming year, you know, I mean, that's a thing. And they're not make they're not, not enough. That's what it is. It's always about the, you got to be careful signing these long-term deals. Big 10 really thought about it, thought about it well. And, you know, and the SEC bringing in, you got to bring in better teams. ACC, I think, ACC and Pac-12, I know they're further distance, but that's where it's going now. You have to bring in better teams. I think Clemson is on the way down. UNC, I mean, you really, and Florida State, Florida State could go and play in the SEC and make a shitload more money. That would be interesting. I, I just think FSU, if they start playing at the level they should be playing, and Clemson, I feel like, you know, Dabo Swinney, I feel like they had a hell of a run, but I don't think they're that team anymore. And, and then they got blown out by Tennessee in the Orange Bowl. Yeah, I don't think they're that good. You know, and Klubnik's the quarterback for next season, but I, I, I don't think he's getting – he's not big into the transfers and all that stuff. Well, Dabo Swinney's going to be passed over kind of quickly. So, and Florida State wants to get better. They gave, uh, what, Norville a new contract. And the ACC also has a grant of rights – through the whole contract, any school that leaves would have to forfeit media payout and rights, and I think they want to challenge that. But, I mean, that's the thing, too, why, you know, they feel like they're locked, you know, they want to challenge it because I think Florida State is realizing that 12 more years in this contract is going to just, is, isn't going to be feasible for them, and they want to get out. You know, a lot of teams want to do and change something or maybe bring more teams in because it's, you know, ACC is going to fall behind. I mean, Big Ten's bringing in USC and UCLA you have Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State, eh, but but more USC is more of a football power. UCLA, eh, but it'll help their basketball, you know. And and SEC is just strong, top to bottom. So I agree that 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 contract sucks. But that's a guy you, you shouldn't have signed that one. That's way too long. You know, you got to be careful because then it comes back and it's like a baseball player who signs like that eight year contract or Pippen. What he got eight years for nineteen million. And then it ends up that he outplays that contract. And then you're like, shit, man, you know, I mean, uh, you're, you're basically getting underpaid. What you're getting paid for the whole contract, which should have been your yearly salary. So you got to be careful. You get the, you want that um, what, what security of a long-term contract. But what if you outplay that contract? Then you're screwed. Sometimes, look, judge bet on himself. Bet on himself. Didn't sign a long-term deal. Held out and got another, what do you get, another $130 million? Smart move on his part. UNC women. 10-6 in lacrosse last night. They're 31-0 against Vatek right now. 4-0 UNC, Vatek 3-1. Marissa White had two goals. Caitlin Wurzberger, three goals, three assists. And Riley Casey had four assists. And today, UNC men, number 16, 2-1 at number 18, Syracuse, 3-1. and one. So it's 16 and 18, 3 o'clock today, first ACC game of the season. Thank God that's indoors. It is freezing outside. I ran home today, very, very cold. And Showtime and Dazzin, pay-per-view, Gervonta Davis is going to go against Ryan Garcia at a catchweight. 28-0 Davis with 26 KOs, April 22nd. Garcia is 23-0, 19 KOs, but he hasn't fought since July 16, 2022. And for a young guy, that's a long layoff. He beat Javier Fortuna in a six-round knockout. But it's finally going to happen. It's going to be a good fight. And, you know, and then he has to go to trial for that hit and run, uh, Gervonta Davis. But at least he's there. And it's, it's not for any title, but you want to see good fights. That's a fight I'm going to get on pay-per-view. That's a fight I want to see. It's my mother's birthday. So I might not be able to see it because, but I, maybe I'll get it. And we shall see. 
But a good fight. I'm excited to see that one. That's a fight I want to see. I mean, we, in, and tomorrow it's starting two o'clock. Is going to be Fury versus uh, Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul from Abu Dhabi. And I'm like, I'm not going to pay for pay per view, but I kind of want to see the fight because you know, I mean, they keep saying that he's going to become. He's if he wins the fight, Fury, he's going to be a ranked cruiserweight. Which I don't know. We'll see how that. And then there's there's MMA. Fight Night 70 with guys I never heard of. Two light heavyweights that are 10th and 13th ranked. And Floyd Mayweather is fighting today in London against a guy who has one pro fight and a 5-2 and two MMA record. A guy I never heard of in my whole goddamn life. And I was like, why? You know, dude, what's with all these exhibitions? I mean, they must be throwing money at you. I understand. But, you know, why? Aaron Chalmers? Aaron Chalmers? Like, who is this guy? Why are you, you know? Dude, then get a real fight, you know, because you don't want to tarnish that record. I'd like getting in a ring with a real fighter instead of fighting all these bums. Not bums, but bums, that guys that aren't in your class. I mean, you know what? You know, they just keep throwing money at him. I, I, I don't get it. I, I, and I, I wouldn't watch that crap. That's crap. Now, now Fury, I'd like to watch because I want to see him get it knocked out. I would want, I want to see him get knocked out. That I would pay for, but I'm, I'm not watching Mayweather. And I always felt Mayweather you know, never really fought the great fighters, you know, and, and was a boring guy to fight, just like, kind of like, didn't want to get hit. That's all I ever saw with him. It bothered me. Mariners beat the Padres 3-2, two and a half hours, first game under baseball's new rules, and and the first infraction, uh, Manny Machado was, didn't get into the batter's box within the 15 seconds and got called for a strike one. He goes, that's going to, there's going to be a lot of 0-1 counts from him. He ended up singling that at bat, but two and a half hours, so now we're speeding up the games. Great. We'll see how, it, I'm just curious to see if I go to a game, what it's going to be like. Yeah. Yankees are playing the Phil Phillies today, Mets at Astros. You have UVA at UNC, UNC 17-11. UNC's favored by four and a half. UVA, bad loss at BC on Wednesday. Pelicans, 30-30, another 13-30 team, but they don't have Zion Williamson back at the Knicks. That's tonight. Nets at Hawks tomorrow. Flyers at Devils. We got the, the Rangers to the Caps today. We got Texas, 22-6 at number nine, Baylor. That's at 2 p.m. Arkansas and Brandon Miller, who's still playing for the, for the number two, Bama, 24-4. We have Osmano Vakbar has joined. You want to talk any hockey, anything, J.D. talking sports? Keep it, let, let's, let's talk some sports. If you have anything you want to talk about, let's make it happen there, buddy. All right? I love when people join the show. So we have Arkansas. That's going to be a good game today. We also have Arizona State at, uh, at Big S's, number seven, Arizona, 24 and four. Arizona, uh, and Arizona State is 19 and nine with, with uh, Bobby Hurley as coach. We have number three, Stanford at number eight, Utah, and number 19, Texas at number 13, Oklahoma. So you both Texas teams playing in a top 25 matchup where Texas men are playing in a top 10 matchup. Islanders lost to the Kings 3-2 yesterday. MLS season over. I'm so excited. New York City Football Club at Nashville uh, Soccer Club at 4.30. It's going to be Apple TV with their billion dollar, what, the $2.5 billion deal, what, 10 years or something with the MLS. That's another thing. You get the money, security, but will they, will they, will that deal become uh, uh, will that deal end up being a the money won't be as great right now it's great money for the MLS but if the if it keeps growing the sport and everything 
They're going to come out, you know, it's going to be like ACC thinking, oh man, we got all this money. We got this $2.5 billion deal. Was it for, what was the Apple MLS? Was it for that much? I, I thought it was for two. I thought it was for, it was a lot of shekels, man. It was Apple MLS deal. Yeah. Yeah. 10 years for 2.5 billion, which is like the what? I mean, it's, it, yes. But could, could it turn out that the money could be, you know, that's what I said. Like, hey, ACC, you get that long contract, and then it comes back and bites you in the face. I guess we'll see what happens on that front. So there's a lot of basketball on today. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to. We're going to watch the Rangers. Rangers on 15 minutes. Want to watch UNC. And, uh, yeah, UFC Vegas 70. There's an undercard with six fights. A main, And the main fight is Nikita Krylov, who's 10th ranked lightweight. And Ryan Spahn, who is the 13th ranked light heavyweight. And I'm like, don't care about it. But, you know, I'll watch some of the fights. It's on ESPN+. And how about this? Kayvon Woodard, who played the deaf actor Sam on Last of Us, uh, taught Ovechkin sign language last night. I thought that was pretty cool. I, thought, I saw that. I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. And uh, did I miss? Yeah, I had some stuff on the basketball games and stuff. Knicks are not playing their nets. That's a bad loss. They lost on February 1st, 43 points to Boston. They're only, they're only trailing by, by a game now for fifth are the Knicks. 29 points in the first half, tied for the lowest of any team and a half this season, according to Elias. The Wizards scored just 29 points against the Nets in their early November meeting. And it was the 29 points were the fewest the Nets have scored in a half since 27 they scored on April 26, 2012, the team's last game in New Jersey. Yeah, so... And Dorian Finney-Smith, who, who was coached by Bill Donovan at Florida, said his formal player will be fine as a net. He called him an elite rebounder, as versatile as a defender as he's ever coached. You know, be able to play anywhere. He's physical. He's tough. Defensively, outside of maybe some bigger centers, you can probably play him on anybody one through four. Yeah, Ben Simmons, dude. He, well, he had his knee drained during the All-Star break and had a plasma injection then, too. He participated in both the Nets' practice leading up to the Bulls game, reported soreness afterwards, and Vaughn said that what are the chances of being shut down for the season? It said zero. He's now in a strengthening phase in an attempt to finally fix the issue. I, I don't know. Yeah, and Simmons says, for me, I just want to be on the court regardless of what it is. Whatever percentage I'm at, I'm just trying to give the team what I can. Okay, listen, they need him. They do. And I love what Dinwiddie said. I don't care if we just met yesterday. Like 40 points is unacceptable. It's as simple as that. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they said. Vaughn has preached no excuses throughout the t- through his, t- his tenure. They have Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozans, which the, the Nets don't have, but you still can't lose by 40. You can't. It's NBA, dude. You're, play- you're a professional team. You can't get blown out. And, you know, they all go look each other in the eyes and say, okay, this isn't working. We got to do this shit and get it done. And, you know, I mean, come on. You can't lose by 40. And you can't have, you can't have 29 points at a half. And, you know, I mean, they played better in the, well, this is the only good thing. Hey, Vaughn, you scored 36 in the fourth quarter so that you're not, you know, you're, you're, you're still playing hard at the end. You're not giving up. You're, you're out there trying to make plays, but they're going to have to, they're going to have to go to Atlanta and get things, you know, play a lot better than they did. You know, with, you got the Knicks with, with Josh Hart. He's 4-0 since he came in. He only had five points, but he played good D. He's diving for balls. That's what they need. You know, yeah. So the, the highest scoring game was in 83 when the Pistons beat the Nuggets 186-184 in triple overtime. So that was a triple overtime. So that's crazy. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. Westbrook played well. 
Clippers are up six with, with two minutes remaining in the second OT, but Fox got them back. Fox scored or assisted on 13 of Sacramento's final 17 points in regulation to help send it to overtime, according to per Statmuse. It marked the first time in the Kings franchise history that two players, Monk and Fox, scored more than 40 points in the same game. That's crazy. They were down by 14 with 425 left in regulation. They looked like they were going to throw the towel and they went on a run. Jesus, I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, that's crazy. That is nuts. And this was a ba- this was on a second night of back-to-backs for the Kings. They also combined for 44 threes with the Clippers setting the record for most threes made, 26 in a loss. Wow, <sighs> crazy. All the second time in NBA history, both teams scored more than 170 points and tied for the most three-pointers made in a game. So the Clippers were 26 of 45 from three, 58%. Kings were 18 of 41, 58% from three. Now, this is an important game for the Clippers. They were split with Sacramento, 1-1. Fourth game's on March 3rd. First tiebreaker is head-to-head matchup. If that's tied, it goes division record. Clippers are 6-5. and five. The Kings are now 6-6. Six and six. Reason it goes to division record instead of conference is because LA and Sacramento are in the same division. If there's a three-way tie for the Pacific Division title, same rules apply head-to-head, head-to-head-to-head, then record against all division opponents. Clippers, if the Clippers were to tie with the team outside the Pacific, it was head-to-head. If head-to-head tied, then it would be Team X won the division. They get the nod. Example, Dallas-Memphis, conference record. So we'll see what happens. But that's how important it is to win these games. So that was a bad loss for the Clippers last night. But it's a good thing that, you know, that that uh, Westbrook came in and had a very good game, his first game. And and uh, the thing was, too, was that I saw this. This was in, this, that Paul George wanted, you know, that the, yeah, that Paul George said the discussions that led to the Clips to add Westbrook, it was about they needed a point guard. We needed somebody that, we need somebody that you saw tonight, somebody to get us in offense, somebody to get us easy baskets baskets and a floor general. That was just a necessity that we needed. Andrew Grief told you, uh, he's a reporter on the Clippers. He posted that. That's what they needed. They needed a guy. And listen, yeah, listen, it, you had 80, 88 points. You got 44 from Leonard, 34 from PG. I mean, they were scoring points. I mean, and they, they lost that double overtime. He's got 175 points. So the offense is going to get going. Defense, okay, always got to work on defense. But, you know, first game, I mean, that games like that don't happen all the time. But that's a hell of a game right there, man. That, very impressive. That's a game I would have liked to, that's a game you want to go to. And there's a guy, you know, they talked about the, you know, Wembanyama, uh, the kid Edie out of Purdue, and then Grant Nelson, who is at, plays at North Dakota State, January 10th, he woke up to a text message sent by a friend from the hometown of Devil's Lake, North Dakota. There was an obscure Twitter account with the handle KJ Pistons posted a one minute 42 second video of Nelson executing an array of offensive moves, crossover dribbles, pull up three pointer, high flying dunks in traffic. Well, it ends up that it got 2 million views, was posted on ESPN's uh, Sports Center Instagram up. Uh, account and that the Bucks sent a scout to the Bison's game at Denver, where he had 17 points, nine rebounds, four blocks, three assists, and two steals in a 90 to 70 win. And now more scouts are going to come. This is a guy who's averaging leads the summer league in rebounding with nine points. He's six foot ten, junior forward, field goal percentage 53 percent. 
He's third in blocks with almost two a game, fifth in scoring with 18 a game, 12th in free throw percentage with 70%. Now, he ranks in the 87th percentile nationally in scoring at the rim, which is good, 93% on runners, but he's shooting a career-low 25% from three, and they feel that his narrow frame, in addition to that Summer League isn't the greatest competition, that some some people are going to look at him and be like, okay, but the thing is, what do they look at? The ceiling. The ceiling for him is quite high. And he can do all these things at 6'10". They can work on his, his three-point shooting. And an NBA scout said he's a pretty impressive combination of size and skill. He's a better athlete than you expect. He's vertically bouncy. He's smooth. He can play both sides of the ball, which is very valuable at that position. He could definitely compete at the NBA level with the athleticism he has. His ball handling isn't elite, really, but he can take bigger guys off the dribble. I wouldn't say he should definitely go into the draft this year, but I'm intrigued. So, you know, he's six foot eleven, handles the ball. You know, I mean, and that's the thing too. He can work on all this stuff. You can't you can't teach height. He's six foot ten. He can handle the ball. He can he can take down bigger guys. He can shoot. Listen, all these guys, you know, these are all things he can work on. These are all things he can improve on. Definitely. You know, I mean, when you're playing games, it's hard to do, but he can put the work in and he will get drafted. He will definitely get drafted. That will happen. So we'll see what happens on that front. And Rob Manfred said last week, the, the rules are implemented to produce a crisp and exciting game in Major League Baseball. Yeah, sure, okay. He added that they're not changing the game and instead making sure we put the very best form of baseball in the field. Bullshit. And Thor, Syndergaard's now got a $13 million one-year deal with the Dodgers. He thinks he can get back up to 100 miles per hour velocity. He said, DeGrom did it at an older age. Why can't I? He said he played last year in a straight jacket. He never really felt like he was himself last season with the with the Angels and the Phillies. They did play in the World Series for the Phillies. 10 and 10 with a 3.94 ERA. He's 30, 31 in August. We'll see what happens on that. A lot of problems in the regional sports networks. Warner Brothers Discovery Inc. has told teams whose games are carried on three of its regional sports networks that it wants to exit the business. That could affect, it's going to affect the Rockets, the Jazz, the Pirates, Astros and Rockies, and the Penguins per Wall Street Journal. So AT&T Sports Network, which is the group of networks involved, owns a minority stake in an, an additional R- regional sports network that the Mariners control, but is not part of the proceeding, proceeding according to the report. So, I mean, you know, that's a thing. I mean, they're going to have what also Diamond Sports Group, which was the Baltimore-based corporate parent of the 19 Bally Sports Channel that aired 47 NBA, MLB, NHL and WNBA teams announced on February 15th that it would skip on a $140 million debt payment, which was not good. They make a ton of... Now, regionals, regional sports is different, separate from the national rights fees paid by the major networks or tech giants, such as NBC, ESPN, Amazon, to broadcast and stream games nationally. That's billions of dollars. But, you know, I read a thing about podcasts, too, that Spotify... Laying off, they put all this money in podcasts and they realize, you know, that was the thing to do. They're not going to do that anymore. You know what that means to me? I just keep doing my podcast. I don't listen to outside forces. I just put out a good product. I do my work and I'm going to interview more people, got my new system, and I'm just going to keep on trucking. 1,227 shows, nothing's stopping me now. I'm just going to keep on going. That's what I have. I have the desire. I have the energy. I'm going to just keep going. And the pens will place forward Caspery happening on waivers the guy signed him to two years at 3.2 million each only seven goals 13 assists in 43 games and he i mean the penguins aren't even playing that well they're 8 12 and 5 in their last 
since uh, late December, and they've fallen out of the, a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. They're they're going to do that because they're bringing in Mike. Mike Sullivan doesn't like the way he's playing. I don't think he's playing great defense either. He's really not scoring that much. He played his first five seasons with the Leafs after the Penguins selected him the number twenty two in the two thousand fourteen draft. And Rudda is coming back to lineup, but they I mean they're eight twelve and five. They're not in the playoffs right now. Not that good. And how about this? Half of the league team sixteen teams will have a new offensive coordinator next season. You've got the enemy with the commanders, Bill O'Brien with the Patriots, Thomas Brown, that's an, from the Rams for the Panthers, Hackett goes from the Broncos head coach to the Jets. Todd Mocking goes from the two-time defending champ Georgia Bulldogs to the Ravens. Texans Bobby Slowick, who is working with Ryans and Shanahan with the Niners, is now the Texans OC. Chargers, Kellen Moore goes from the Cowboys to the Chargers. Cowboys, Brian Schottenheimer was a quarterback coach for the Cowboys. He got a, a promotion. Rams, Mike LaFleur goes from the Jets. Titans, Tim Kelly, that was uh, that was in-house. Uh, Bucks, Dave Canales. Cardinals, Drew Petzig, that's a, that was, Nagy stays in house, and Colts get Jim Bob Cooter, who came over from the, I think the Browns, Jim Bob, and then the Broncos and Eagles still don't have anybody, thank you Ari Myro, 16 teams, new offensive coordinators, yeah, Jim Bob Cooter was last year, I remember Jim Bob Cooter also at one point was interim coach of the, just that name, it sounds like he should be on, on Dukes of Hazard, and I love Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, he served as offensive coordinator for the Lions 2015-2018, running back coach with the Jets. He played college football at Tennessee. So he's been with the Jets, the Eagles as a consultant, and last year as the Jaguars passing game coordinator. So Ari Myroff, thank you for that. Now, I heard, I read that Dan Snyder, because Bezos's paper, The Post, wrote a unflattering article on... Dan Snyder, so he's not a fan of him. He really doesn't want to sell him the team. The highest bid so far has been $5.5 billion. His cutoff was $6 billion, Snyder. He paid $800 million back in 99, and the source says he's an ass, and he might not want to give it up. So if he doesn't get the money he wants, he's just going to hold on to the team. If nobody, if he doesn't get the $6 billion, I mean, $800 million was a lot of money he paid for back in 99. And, th- and I mean, listen, he's, he's going to get his money back tenfold. But, you know, hey, if you don't get the money you want, I say, hey, then I'm holding on to the team. And they say that Jacks, Jackson Smith, Najigba, hamstring issues truly behind him. They asked, this was pro football doctors. Well, they said the NFL draft will answer most of those questions. They said he could be a first-round draft pick. He was phenomenal two years ago against Utah in that Rose Bowl. Yeah, I talked about the Rams, the rebuild, all that. And we'll see what happens this coming season with them. And we got boxing. That, that's going to be a big fight coming up. The L.A. Football Club's game against the Galaxy set for Saturday. 70,000 they were going to have at the Rose Bowl in the, what, what's it called? It's called the 18th edition of El Trafico with the Galaxy leading seven, five, seven wins, five losses, five ties. You got the L.A. Football Club, the defending MLS champion, is also scheduled to play the Galaxy April 16th and September 16th. Yeah, 70,000 people bought tickets Saturday for the match at the Rose Bowl, the home of the Galaxy between 96 and 2002. And the Galaxy wanted to avenge their loss in the Western Conference semifinal 3-2 to the LA Football Club. LA Football Club's trying to become the first team since the Galaxy did so in 2012 to win back-to-back. So LA Football Club hosts the Timbers on Saturday, March 4th, while the Galaxy traveled to FC Dallas on the same day. 
So 70,000, and they're saying like, like frigid conditions coming to South Carolina. I got to contact Teddy to see if he's getting cold because they said cold, cold. They said snow in South Carolina, I'm saying Southern California, which would be nuts. I, I did see a soccer match there. I did see the Galaxy play against Ronaldo many moons ago. The traffic there was out of control. It took us hours to find our goddamn car. And Tiger Woods, the Golf Channel, CBS, Sunday's final average, 3.4 million viewers, up 31% from a comparable round in 2022. So Saturday and Sunday, CBS averaged 3.1 million viewers, up 32% from the year before. So everybody made money. You know, that's a thing. And then you got LIV Golf. They're playing their first tournament. Started yesterday in Mayacoba, Mexico. And LIV players can now play when the PGA America de- uh, decreed LIV players can tee it up at this year's PGA Championship. So LIV stars now eligible to play in all four of golf's major tournaments this year. So win, win, win for golf. And Tiger Woods, win, win, win. Uh, probably my favorite moment of the 1977 All-Star Game was when Astros closer George Jones worked a spotless ninth inning to earn the save. That's not him. That guy looks like he's 75 years old. That's a joke. George Jones? Yeah. Hal just sent me a funny one. Yeah. He's older than me. And he sent me more videos of his kid. Yeah. He's playing baseball. And I love that. I love, I love that he's, his, his team's being sponsored with the jerseys. I, I, I love that. I think that's awesome. They said lots and lots of UConn fans here today. Good for them. They're playing. UConn women are playing against. Who's UConn women playing today? I guess they're already started playing. All the games are on already. Yeah, we got we got hockey on right now. Yeah, we got college basketball on. Yeah, we have. UConn is playing at the Paul. So I guess there's a lot of UConn fans at the Paul. Game's on Fox at 2 p.m. All right, so we got a lot of basketball today. I got to get some trivia. Let me get some trivia questions. Let's get some trivia questions. All right. Last show's trivia question was, and I, we, we, we stumped, we stumped Ari and Mark last night with this one. Most Gordie Howe hat tricks in Red Wings history. That's a goal assist and a fight in the same game. Nine, Brendan Shanahan and current, current, former Red Wings and current Rangers head coach, Gerard Gallant. Okay. Today's trivia question. How many quarterbacks made their postseason debut in an, in 2023 playoffs, in 2023 NFL playoffs, how many quarterbacks made their postseason debut? It was an NFL record. Can you name the seven quarterbacks who made their postseason debut? I did not get them all, but I thought about it, and yeah, I was pretty close. So, sending my sending my love to my my dad's under the weather, and uh, he told me he watched that Hallelujah documentary on the guy. I forget who sings the song, but Hallelujah, Hallelujah. And I know Jasmine had a great birthday yesterday, so that's awesome. Uh, my cousin Ron Davis, it's his birthday today. Uh, Fallon kicked butt in her workout. Gumbo Chef's doing well. Uh, Ari's going to get on a show in the future. And uh, I hope everybody has a great day. Go Keels. Come on. Ben, we have to get a win today. Must happen. We need a win today. Rangers need a win today. Everybody have a great day. Peace out. And, and, and congrats to Hayes kicking ass today in T-ball. Peace out. Adios. <laughs>